Alright, welcome to QP Sports Exchange. I'm Vince. Um, so, on today's podcast, we're going to talk a little football, a um, little basketball. But first, uh, I'm going to hit a subject that is near and dear to my heart. So, I'm just going to need a little room, a little time, and then we'll get into the sports. But before then, we're going to have a real frank conversation. All right. QP Sports Exchange is back on the air. Um, We took a little time off because, frankly, I have been sitting on something for a second, and I didn't know how I wanted to approach it. So now I think I'm in the space that I can go ahead and say what I need to say. Usually we will just be weekly, and it'll be football, basketball, baseball, college sports. Uh, but today we're going to start with a little social injustice. Um, as you guys already know, the NBA was postponed yesterday on the 26th. Uh, today is the 27th. They're not playing again today. Several baseball teams canceled today. Yesterday it was Milwaukee and Cincinnati and it was the Giants and the Dodgers and I believe it was San Diego was involved in the other one. Um, first I want to say shout out to Chris Weber. What that man said yesterday on the TNT broadcast as we were finding out that the NBA playoffs were going to be postponed due to the uh, shocking video that has come out of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, The Jacob Blake situation is, if you haven't seen the video, um, I implore you to go see it. Uh, It will be tough to watch, especially knowing that there's three young kids in the back seat but the NBA took a stand the players took a stand yesterday they said this is enough so in true question point fashion we're going to ask a question what do we do now what do you do I mean, you've seen it. You've seen multiple, various, just senseless acts of violence that are on video and also there hasn't been any arrest for... um, Jacob Blake and 
we still don't have a rest in Brianna Taylor, which is interesting as well. So what do you do? Gonna break this down a little bit. We're gonna talk a little bit about what we can do. We're gonna talk a little bit about what what I think sports should do. Uh, and first, I just want to give you a little bit about what I need to do. Like I already said, that I needed to go ahead and do take a little time and let this breathe because I was super emotional when all this broke out and I promised to do a weekly uh, podcast on sports and it was just not going to happen. Unfortunately, there are things going on in this world that need to be brought to light and talked about and talked about in a safe space where people can ask questions um, that maybe has, has just come to light for them. Um. You know, white America might feel uncomfortable in this conversation. But it's the conversation that we have to have now. Because it's it's happening time and time and time again. And people are frustrated. People are absolutely just appalled about what's going on. And they're making their voice heard in a way that's different than Black Lives Matter. The movement is still going on, but sometimes there need to be a drastic um, course of action. And the Milwaukee Bucks took that action. The Milwaukee Bucks decided that um, due to the fact of what was going on in their home state, um, as a gentleman is shot in the back seven times in front of his three kids that are very young, that they could not play a playoff basketball game and that's really important for a lot of reasons the first reason is this that team has a legit chance at winning the championship the state of Wisconsin the city of Milwaukee could be looking at a parade or a postponed parade because of the pandemic so they were actually willing to forfeit the game, which, in, so lose a game because of the senseless act of violence that was um, seen in a video about Jacob Blake. So now what do we do? Well, on this podcast, um, like I said, one of the reasons why I didn't want to do it is because I, I wanted a podcast that was about sports. I have another podcast, Question Point Podcast. That one is for those type of issues. But there was no way that I could sit here and not talk about it today. We've been going through this for quite a long time. And I say we because of the fact that I am half African American. I'm half black. My mother's white. My father's black. I was blessed, I guess, to be on the lighter side. To hear what people really think of African Americans. So, 
I was kind of able to go undercover. I have had family members tell me that they will not have nigger children in their home. So I have grandparents that I've never seen because of the color of my skin. I have been stopped by police officers in the past. Um, not just, just not even a, um, traffic violation. It was just more pulling over. I was leaving work. And, and when I say I was leaving work, I was literally right next to work in my full uniform garb. And they asked me at 1030 at night, what was I doing here? I said, I just got off work. I work right there. <laughs> I worked at a mall. And um, so I've seen it myself. So, I, you know, I want to premise that and have that. So you do have that slant so you know what lens I'm coming from. White America um, or and also... My brothers out there, we got to have a conversation and we have to have a real conversation with white people and it's going to be uncomfortable for both parties, but it, it needs to be had. Also, if there's something you think that you want to do about this, look at who you bank with and see if they support Black Lives Matter or social injustice issues. Look at where you shop as far as um, groceries and see if there's anything that they're doing that's bringing awareness to the movement. And then the last thing is, is that we have to vote and we have to vote smart and understand that it's great to vote for presidents and see who's going to be in office and going to run the country. But you got to spend a lot of time on your councilmen um, if you're in the the Northeast, it might be selectmen, um, and really delve and make sure that they are understanding that they are representing us and not the other way around. You work for us. So our, our political platform matters and somebody needs to be the voice box for us. And I don't care if you're white, I don't care if you're black, I don't care if you're purple, I don't care if you're yellow, green. That's the deal. Because I I think I speak for a lot of people that we're just sick and tired of it. We're sick and tired of trying to feel like the police... Who, on the most part, do a good job. But you got the occasional road cop. You guys going to have to turn on your brothers, man. Because here's the thing. Right is right. I'm not here to judge. I'm not telling you, you know, don't uh, listen to police or, or, or authority figures. What I'm telling you is that there has to be some accountability there has to be some change. There has to be some reform. There has to be some new training. There has to be some awareness. And there has to be some 
step out of your shoes moments for people. Because I don't think they're looking at black people as human beings. Because this this is an alarming rate now. This is becoming, and it's been like this forever, but the great thing is, is that we have video. Video has been the equalizer. So now these atrocities are being seen. And the revolution will be, tele it will be televised. So... But I want to get back to Chris Weber. Chris, I've um, I've admired you from far. Um, I loved you as one part of the Fab Five. You know, I thought you were devastating in the league when you came in. But last night, that was, that was, that was your crowning achievement. Um, that was powerful to speak for the marginalized and I salute you in doing that I salute you in also going up against your network much love to TNT because to allow him to have the freedom to be able to speak and speak with such conviction and brought major points to the table about how he has to talk to his young people about how they act around the police. Kids are not supposed to know about stuff like that. They're supposed to know about trucks, balls, dolls, when's my next birthday? Dad, mom, can you get can you get me these shoes so I can run faster? Those are the type of things. That kids should be worrying about. They shouldn't be worrying about. Oh if you ever get stopped by the police. You want to be make sure that you don't make any sudden movements. For real. Yeah. But that's how it is. If you're 13. 14 years old. <clears throat> you had you a little growth, growth spurt. And you're African American in this country. You are a target. It's real plain and simple. So. Here is the thing. The conversations. Are going to be messy. And. You're going to have to allow. Black America. You're going to have to allow some room for. Um, some ignorance. Don't tolerate craziness, but some ignorance to your plight. You're gonna have to, you might have to ask, ask answer questions that you would consider pretty remedial. But these are conversations that have to be had, and they and white people, you're gonna have to really listen. You're gonna have to really understand. Because you're going to have to go back to your older generation and tell them that it's not okay. It's not okay that a black person in this country still feels like they are three-fifths of a human being. That's not cool. 
in any part of the world. Chris Webber also said a quote last night from Dr. Martin Luther King. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. So you have to you have to either be in the boat with us, you have to stand with us, or your silence means that you're against us. Harsh, true, facts, people are dying. No, they are not named Christian McEnroe or um, Julian um, Stevens. Their names are Ahmad, Brianna, now Jacob. It's got to stop. And it stops with us. And it stops with real conversation, real hearing and listening. And then white America, it's when all this information is unpacked to you is what do you do with it? Where do you go? Do you go around, around your white other white friends and and you know they say something that is you know in that gray area, but you know if they were around other people, it'd be really uncomfortable for them to say that. Do you say anything? Police, the good ones, and I'm talking to the majority of you. That blue brotherhood you talk about. Y'all know what's right. You took an oath. To protect and serve. Your, your community. Your community. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Corporate America, what do we do? Huh? Because if, I'm going to tell you right now, if people start looking into what you do, as far as, are you, are you holding down for these causes? You know? Are you a, really an equal opportunity employer? 
do you have do you have people of color do you have women do you have women on your board in high level positions these are now questions these are now things that people are going to look at because see now with the pandemic and yes there are still things that can preoccupy us but now the conversation is going to get real what do you do college sports the NCAA what are you doing that's my question so let me get this straight. Pac-12 and Big Ten decide that the college football players decide that they have a list of demands. What does the conference do? They just shut down the season. Now, COVID is a real situation. But... I thought that the NCAA was the czar of all college athletics. So what in the hell is the Southeastern Conference, the Atlantic Coast Conference, and the Big 12 are doing without any guidelines from the NCAA? You guys are quick to suspend a player who got a free hamburger because he didn't have any money. Well, these conferences are just allowed to do whatever they want to do, right? They can just play football, whatever. Now, here's the here's the other thing with that. Ohio State, Justin Fields, Oregon, I'll shout out my team because you know I'm a home for them real hard. UCLA, DTR, I feel for you guys. University of Michigan, all your fans. Wolverines, Gophers, Golden Gophers, Minnesota. Can't forget the people out in Happy Valley. Shout out to Penn State. I see you in the desert. Tucson, Tempe, no football. Now, here's the deal. There's two things with this. I understand for health reasons if that's the, the route they want to throw out there. If there's any other reason other than that, this is super bogus. I'll tell you why. In the list of demands that the... Um, that the football players had was real change on campus about social injustice. Real change in the community about social injustice. Young people in Alabama, roll tide, play your football. Alabama fan, Auburn fan, LSU, go Tigers, you know how to spell it, it's not G-O. 
Coach O, if you're going to play football, please tell me that there will be some rallies, marches, speaking on the issues of the day. It is not just about grabbing the quick buck. Because here's the other thing, Big Ten and Pac-12 fans. With those conferences playing, what's your recruiting looking like? That's real world for you, right? Let's not talk about the social injustice, right? Let's just talk about that. Your conferences aren't playing, so they're not on TV. And we know what the, the, the attention span of an 18-year-old is now. Alabama will be on every Saturday. Oh, here's a thing that you also have to think about, which is real crazy. Wake Forest and Vanderbilt will be on TV every Saturday. I know that sounds like, oh, we don't care. Ohio State, we don't care. But for Minnesota, University of Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, yeah, I'm, I'm speaking to y'all. Utah, Colorado, Oregon State. Think about that. Them squads are going to be on TV every Saturday. So I really hope it was about keeping everybody safe and making sure that the the student athlete is taken care of. I really hope that was really the actual mindset of the commissioners that decided we're not going to go ahead and play football. And for the schools who are playing, North Carolina, looking at you, Syracuse, I'm definitely looking at you. Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame for the first time is in a conference. Has anybody looked at that? Shout out. Notre Dame is now part of the Atlantic Coast Conference for a year. We want to keep our independence. But Notre Dame, I know you go into Chicago all the time. Why aren't you speaking out about the gun violence that's going on in Chicago and about the racial injustice that's going on? You, that's, your, that's a big part of your pipeline. Your offensive line and defensive line and stuff like that comes from Chicago. Milwaukee, right up the road. I know, I know you're getting some of the farm kids from Wisconsin, the ones that just don't go to, go to the University of Wisconsin. I know you're getting some 300-pounders from there. So your voice is needed if you're going to play football this year. Texas, down in Austin. Your voice got, has, has to be heard. Oklahoma, your voice has to be heard. So it can't be... Uh, um, just let's let's party, celebrate. Fo- college football is back. Yeehaw! It can't be. 
got to keep this issue afloat and let it grow legs and blossom. So we can stop looking at people just as a color. First black coach, first black uh, athletic director, first black uh, vice president of the United States, first woman president, vice president of the United States, first this. Just people, man. People. Bleed just like you. And I understand that this is going to be uncomfortable for people. That these conversations are uncomfortable. You, maybe your lifestyle changes a little bit too, right? Instead of 12, 47 to 62 year old dudes on the board at your what whatever the company is in your town maybe now there's nine white dudes between the ages of 47 and 62 there's a woman and maybe there's a couple people of color right i understand there's going to be a little you know make make room for the other person but at some point, we got to get to a, a point where I'm not seeing color. You're not seeing color. I respect you. And in turn, you have learned to respect me. And respect that I should be able to breathe the same air you do. And I'm afforded the same opportunities as you are. So, for people of color, you got to continue the pressure, continue to talk, continue to organize, continue to look at businesses and scrutinize what they're doing in your community. Are they down for the Black Lives Matter movement? Are they down for social justice for all really for all are they just out for a buck and however they can get it is however they can get it we gonna mobilize with our money we gonna start hurting people with the bottom line cause that's we, we are looked at numbers I threw the number out there before, three fifths. You imagine that was in that was in our like our founding fathers fathers put this in. Yeah, you know those people of color, they're three fifths of a human being. Like for real. Nobody saw anything wrong with that. Well, just so you know, there's something wrong with that. So this gets me back to the NCAA. What are you doing? 
how are you the overseer of everything? And you got conferences not playing football. You got conferences that are playing football. You got you got teams. Uh, you got colleges, universities that want to leave their league for one year so they can play football as an either as an independent or join a, another conference for a second. telling you right now they need to just burn that down not advocating violence what I'm saying it's just it's the NCAA has been a joke for a long period of time their rules are uh, bewildering at best and now we have conferences that say hey we don't care what you say. <laughs> we gonna, we're going to put fans in the stands, and we are going to play college football. So, there. Somebody needs to come in and fix that. The other thing that might happen off of that deal is this. How about this? The Power 5 conferences just break off from the NCAA. And maybe take a sixth conference with them. You know, like spread it out, right? All across the nation. So so the teams that aren't in a Power 5 conference, so you take like your Boise States of the world. You know, if you're talking about football, you're talking about Boise State. Um, maybe like a Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati, a University of Houston, a University of Memphis, you know, a University of... Uh, um, don't know who I'm thinking about Connecticut <clears throat> all these teams that are spread out throughout the country so then you, there's your Cinderella story you put them in a conference call it like a six conference and just go from there and then you play your sports now you don't have to worry about the NCAA so whatever your budget you want to put for your football team or basketball team you do whatever you want to do you know still have I guess student athlete so to speak wink wink nod nod type of thing you know kind of cut the hours down a little bit as far as practice can't practice them 24 hours a day because then you would hear the the ghost of Allen Iverson talking about practice practice we talking about practice. But that could be on the table. So would you be so SEC SEC fan? Would you be uh, would you be okay with that? Big Ten fan. All those those violations you had the last couple of years and things of that nature. Would you be a fan of that? Just you know, Power Five conference, or if you want to call it Power Six, with the other con- with the other league or whatever, and then you have like guys from like junior executives from the NFL. Maybe you also include um, you include uh, uh, minorities in that. So now you have minorities 
that are executive at a high level and then they're it's almost like a kind of a farm system there you know then they they can move up and take you know executive roles in within the nfl and the nba and major league baseball and all of that still have conference commissioners all that you know, still the SEC and everybody feels good about, you know, oh, I'm a Big Ten fan. Yay. Go blue. But you just don't have the scrutiny of the NCAA and some of their dumbass rules. Suspended kids for taking a, a slice of free pizza. That's three games, young man. You will, you will, you will, you will absolutely think twice about taking that free piece of pizza again. For real, multi-billion dollar industry. My man can't even get a dollar ninety-five slice without getting suspended. <laughs> I mean, you gotta laugh. I mean, it's just so ignorant. <laughs> it's so stupid. But these are the people who are in charge. These are the people who are in charge of your college football season. And they're just like this. I don't know. We just thought that, you know, by the time we got to August, we wouldn't even have to worry about this anymore. President Trump told us, you know, we done. This is some stuff. Knock, knock. End of August is here. You didn't really set any protocols. Everything is being reactionary. There's nothing. There's nothing that's being proactive, at all. NCAA, you look confused during March Madness. You got conference tournaments that are canceling. You got one that stops in the middle of a game. You look like buffoons in March and spring. So here comes summer. Here comes, here comes fall. Here comes football season. You can make it all right. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. So we're going to have, like, just real strenuous testing, right? All conferences are playing. Um, the players will be, you know, the, the, the conferences have assured us that the, the players will be uh, quarantined into a, a, a dorm that will be away from the rest of the campus, whatever. So they're quarantined. They're tested daily. They'll go to school just like every other student by virtual. None of that? No? No? No, NCAA? Well, gee, these sounds like really good ideas. I wish you would have thought about this a couple months ago. Yeah, I'm not getting paid. We're going to only have one non-conference game. So everybody boot up and suit up. You're playing like, you know, real good conferences. None of this like you're going to play Southwest Tennessee Agricultural, ag agricultural and militia. No, you're gonna play a real football team. So Alabama, we'll see you. 
you are going to um, you're going to Ohio State and play a you know a non-conference. Clemson, all right, go out to Oregon. And then the rest of the time you play in your conference and try to win it and let's see if we can have bowls. Oh, by the way, fans, no. See, these are things that the NCAA could have said. Or, you know, you know, they could have said what we can do for the fan experience and for our like awesome boosters or whatever. We'll fill up the basketball arena, but we'll do it in a way where it's, you know, socially distance acceptable. And we'll kind of just rotate in and out of our big time boosters. Maybe there's certain games that, you know, the high level boosters go to and there's a whole cocktail party and maybe there's a meet and greet after the game or something. And everybody feels important and everybody feels all warm and gushy inside. These are all things that I just came off the dome with that the NCAA, they just, these are things they never thought of and gave a clear indication to the conferences what they were going to do and how they were going to do it and then implement it and then send it down to the conferences and say, okay, this is what you do. So we'll ask again, NCAA, like, what are you good for? Don't worry, I'll wait. I got plenty of time. I can I can podcast all night long. What are you good for? Because the commissioners can handle their own football contracts. I mean, Larry Scott can't for the Pac-12 because he did a just an absolute abomination for the for the uh, football contracts. But other commissioners can handle their football deal. As far as the networks are concerned, ESPN, CBS, Fox. Notre Dame has been doing it for years. They are, they're independent. They got their own football network. They got their own TV station. Everything's great. They've been running roughshod over the NCAA for years. How is it that one team can just sit there and find a way to play meaningful college football games every single year and find their way into a ball game? Without have not being in a conference, smart people, proactive thinking. The NCAA needs people like that, or like I said, do do the alternate. Power five conferences take your business elsewhere. Take junior executives, women, men, men of color, um, give them conferences, set up deals, TV deals, all that sort of stuff. Talk about whatever the rules are in your conference and, you know, what is not going to be tolerated as far as, you know, domestic violence and all that. Your policy is on all those type of things. 
And then it gives them a proving ground of what they're all about there. And then they can probably move up to, you know, Fortune 500 companies or even to NFL or NBA or, or Major League Baseball. Do that. Either way, somebody needs to fix it because what has happened this year is terrible. I and mean, like I said, I feel bad for the Pac-12 and, and the Big Ten who will not be participating in this year's upcoming football season. Stay safe, young man. I hope that it all works out when you go to get drafted. Okay, back talking basketball a little bit, bubble talk, awesome. So the Lakers are playing well. I still worry about their outside shooting. We found out that Luka Doncic is an absolute beast. And this kid is 21. And he's putting it on Kawhi Leonard. He is putting it on him. Step back. Game winning shots. Triple doubles. And I'm not talking about like 10, 10, and 10. I'm talking about like 35. 14, 15 assists. 15, 16, 17 rebounds. I mean, it's a joke what he's doing. To supposedly one of the best defenders in the league. Actually, with Paul George and Kawhi, they have the best wing defense in the league. And Pat Bev is obviously no slouch. But Doncic is just a beast. Killing people. Like, just... And it's, and it's pretty to watch. Because he always makes the right basketball play. Always. He had that one game where he turned, over, turned it over a bunch. But he fixed that immediately. Brent Brown got fired. How's the process working out, Philadelphia? So, the Philadelphia 76ers are my, is the equivalent to me of the, the land, of the island of misfit toys. They just don't fit together. You got too much of one thing and not enough of the other. That's a team that needs an overhaul. They need to get guards in the worst way. And I'm not one. Now, here's the thing. I hear people out there talking about breakup Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid. I'm still out on that. I'm still not ready to give up on that. Because I see what is what is going how it's going down with the Lakers. It's obviously not as tall as what 
Philadelphia has. But Anthony Davis and um, LeBron don't shoot a great percentage of three. They're not like great three-point shooters. They're not knocking it down at a 40% level. You know, they are not going to be mistaken for for Steph Curry or Dame Lillard. Even though LeBron did knock down like damn near a half-court three like a super gangster the other night. But as far as Philly is concerned, I mean, 76er fan, like how are you feeling right now? Are you are you glad that Brink Brown is gone? Are you are you glad? Is this this that was the appropriate response? Is the appropriate response to sit there and bust up your team? By the way, you guys got some crazy contracts. Crazy. Al Horford, 34 years old, making like 28 mil a year and like three more years left on that contract. Good luck with that. Tobias Harris, really? Max money. Or close to max money. Tobias Harris. Like 14 points a game, six rebounds. Tobias Harris. Good luck with that contract. This is why I'm saying it's a it's an island of misfit toys. You got Al Horford, who's 34 years old. You got Joel M.D., who's a superstar. He just needs to get in really good shape. I mean, I know Ben Simmons can't shoot, but he can do everything else. Everything else he can do. Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, like, where is your J.J. Barea? Where is your Seth Curry? Matter of fact, how do you, how do you even let J.J. Reddy go? How's that even work? He was cool off the drama. Went down to the Big Easy. Played with Zion. Went to the bubble. Chilled out for a second. Then got bounced. You guys need to change it up somehow. I'm not saying take away the Big Two and whatever. But there has to be some some creativity when it comes to the Tobias Harris contract and the Al Horford contract. So Philly, good luck in the off season. Better luck next year. Trust the process, I guess. Boston, how you feeling about your squad? Feeling good? Everything working well? 
finally to machine. All right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what goes down in the next round. Milwaukee still scares me because of the fact that I I don't see their second guy. Middleton is like every once in a while. Bledsoe's every once in a while. There's not enough consistency with you're going to need somebody else to help Giannis. So Milwaukee, are you an endangered species? Are you... Are you a team that is in trouble in the bubble? Toronto just looks solid. They look good. Western Conference is still just an absolute crapshoot. I, I, I said it when before... The playoffs start. It's an absolute crapshoot. I mean, the Lakers are going to definitely get to the next round. No Dame Lillard as of for game five. He's gone. Portland, is this now the year that you guys talk about breaking it up? Or are you going to stay with the plan? Because Dame is 30 now. I don't think people realize that. It's that Dame is 30. CJ McCollum, I think, is like 26, 27. So he's still young, but still. But you tried it this way with those two guards for what? I think it's been three years you guys have been kind of knocking on the door. Now, I know this year was different because you had the injuries. Maybe you want to see it with your full your full complement of players and see how that go. But I'm telling you right now, six foot two guards, both of them in the backcourt, does not make for success in the playoffs. You just can't do it. Unless you get an all-world third guy. I don't see um, Gary Trent Jr. becoming your modern-day Scottie Pippen. As much as I love Nurkic, definitely a, a, a plus on your squad, but is he really the third guy? Keep in mind, I said you need an all-world third guy. I know he's not that. Are you banking on Zach Collins? One year at Gonzaga, and really we haven't seen a lot of him in the league. We, You know, sporadic. There's been very good signs. People love him. In the that, that building loves him. People in that building love him. So I don't know if that's a guy you're trying to cultivate into the third guy. But I don't know. 
So now, on to the Lakers. L.A., you can't be excited right now. I'll tell you why. Winning against Portland is great. The defense looks all world right now. The outside shooting is still is still the issue. That all has to get cleaned up. I don't know if there's a if there's a, a lineup switch where you know we, we trust Deion Waiters or we trust J.R. Smith. Kuzma Yo, man, like, you need to be the third. Excellent game four. I mean, excellent game four. But that has to become more consistent now because LeBron is chasing number four. And you all are chasing number 17 for the franchise. You guys can tie Boston this year. If you can win. That would be special. Especially with all of what's going on. In Los Angeles. Kobe. Marvin mentality. Must be. Recognized. So if you're going to get it done, Kuzma has to step up. There has to be a, another shooter, Danny Green, Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, Alex Caruso, one of those guys. And it could be a collective, right? It could be a situation where, okay, one day it's Green. One day it's Caruso. One day it's Waiters. I don't care how you get it. You just need to get it consistently every game. And if it's just hero of the day, that's fine. Just as long as there's some viable option shooting threes. Rockets. H-Town. What are you doing? I mean... Is this it? This is what the, the the small ball. They definitely committed to it, one hundred percent. Now, real deal. They're about to go into the second round. That looks like they're going to get passed. Are they? Is this it? Is this? I mean, it's it's basically it's it's basically three or nothing at this point. Three-point shots, like 58 attempts or something like that. It was ridiculous. But, I mean, they committed com- they committed hard to this small ball situation. So, what we're looking at is something new. And I definitely am not, a, you know, a guy that says, oh, well, you know, the world is square and then you fall off the end of the earth. I understand that there is 
world isn't round and we can try new things and we can try to reinvent the wheel but I'm just thinking that having not really anybody above 6'8 is a recipe for disaster when you play a real squad. Denver Nuggets, are you upset? Rocky Mountains, are y'all are y'all upset? Cause Utah is putting it on you. All this depth, all this talent. Keep in mind, they're they're doing it without Conley. Donovan Mitchell is killing the Nuggets. Killing them. So much for Donovan Mitchell to be all up in his feelings about Rudy Gobert in the COVID situation, huh? Because that dude is balling. So is it is it wait till next year and and we regroup the young talent in in Denver? I mean Porter's Porter Jr. is good and it looks like you guys got a stud there. Bowl bowl. I, I mean I have no idea what you guys are gonna do with him. But, I mean, he looks like he definitely needs to be developed, needs to get stronger. But it looks like somebody that you could use. But, I mean, you guys got a lot of talent. I'm just trying to figure out if if you guys are a trade away from doing what you need to do. I wonder if the Jazz look back on this offseason and watch Mike Conley go to Utah from Memphis and see what Memphis got back and wonder if they redo that deal. Because remember, Mike Conley and the contract and all that was out there and, you know, there weren't a lot of takers. Chris Paul was out there, could could have been had. Chris Paul is making a difference in his series. He doesn't understand that OKC is in a rebuild. No, he is trying to win. Screw your rebuild. Carlton keeps on messing up my house in the Allstate commercials. I'm going to win in this bubble. He's showing how clutch he is. He's showing how much of a point guard master that he is, controlling tempo. He's showing his grit as far as defensive play. And Oklahoma City is responding.
Clippers are in a dogfight with Dallas. It's a mess. Doncic decided that he is now letting the world know that he is a top five player. He announced himself this playoff series against the Clippers, who supposedly have the best wings. Lou, Lou, Lou Williams. I'm not talking about those type of wings, player. I'm talking about your wings, Kawhi and Paul George. Every time you bring up wings around Lou, he get a little, you know, he get a little jumpy. He get a little testy. Which is real funny, right? Because he's playing in Orlando. And what is the Orlando nickname? Magic. He must be losing his mind. He's in the Magic Kingdom. (laughs) Oh, Lou, you ain't gonna never live that down, baby. You ain't gonna never live that down. I went to Magic City for the wings. I still laugh when I hear it. It just makes me laugh and it just... Uh, it's a punchline that I will continue to enjoy and bring up a lot. Especially if the Lakers and the Clippers meet in the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> Wings and things. Every day. There might be an emergency pod every day. Have like a three-minute Wings and Things updates. Progress record on Lou Williams. Have a intrepid reporter on the grounds in the in the Magic Kingdom in Disney World following Lou Williams' actions. Did he leave the bubble? Did he go rogue for wings? Did he have a um a yoga instructor come in? We just don't know with Lou. We just don't know. Boy can ball his butt off, but we just don't know. So, still looking at the prediction from last time. I still have the Lakers coming out the west. I still I have Boston coming out the east. So, we'll stay with that. Um, nothing has really giving me any kind of hiccup or pause to think something different. So we'll we'll pretty much still roll with that uh prediction. If something changes, be the first person to tell you. I'm not I am very easy to find. I will admit when I'm wrong. There will be no question about that. No mystery here. Okay, we're going to get into a little football talk now. All right. Um, so we're looking at the NFC and AFC South. First, we're going to go with the AFC South. Let's look at this real quick. You got Jacksonville. You got Indianapolis. Tennessee. In Houston. 
All right. So we'll start with Jacksonville. Who's your quarterback? Gardner Minshew. That's your quarterback? Okay. I mean, guy had some great games last year. I mean, he had some games where he, you know, he really stole the show. Is your team on a rebuild? Your all-pro, all-world defensive end wants out. Wants more money. Wants out. Been saying trade me for like months. The only thing he hasn't said is like put up like a sign and said, you know, free me. But he wants out in a big way. So are you trading him? Because that will be the linchpin to your defense. So I think right now Jacksonville is in a lot of trouble. Personally. So that brings us to Indianapolis. Indianapolis decided in the offseason to get Phillip Rivers from the Los Angeles Chargers. I still like to call them San Diego because I don't think they belong in Los Angeles. But Phillip Rivers is now the starting quarterback for your Indianapolis Colts. How have the body have fallen? A couple of years ago, you had the second coming of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. He retires. He just says, I'm out. Can't do it anymore. I got other interests. I went to Stanford. So, I'm cool. Won a year with Jacoby Brissett. Good year, not great. So, you turn to Phillip Rivers and his 27 kids that he has. So, good news, bad news. Philip is one of those guys that I look at and go, I don't, I don't know what to make of you, because there's been some te- teams that he has had when they were in San Diego, that were literally the best teams in or close to the best teams in the conference, and for somehow, some way, they would always get thwarted by like the Patriots or somebody else. Like his playoff record is 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 abominable. And he's had the he's had the the Hall of Fame running back. Hall of Fame tight end in Antonio Gates. Pretty good wide receivers here and there. Just don't understand why somebody supposedly so talented just can't get over the hump. And 
now he's in Indianapolis, and you kind of go, okay, good offensive line, so that's a check. That good, that's good for him because he is an absolute statue behind your offensive line. Your running game is definitely going to have to be good, which it's good. Thank you to that offensive line. But I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. Phillip Rivers is, is, a, is a question mark. And if you have a question mark at quarterback, you know that that's not good. That's, that does not breed success in the, in the ultimate Thunderdome that is the NFL playoffs. Tennessee Titans. How the hell are you feeling about your squad? You retain Ryan Tannehill. I guess I can say kudos to you. Or am I going to call you the next Miami Dolphins? See, the Miami Dolphins did this a while back. They did this with Jay Fiedler. They did this with... um, Actual Ryan Tannehill. Um, You almost got to the Super Bowl with Tannehill as quarterback. I understand that Derrick Henry was an absolute beast. You re-signed him. Great. Understand that situation. I even understand the situation of maybe bringing back Tannehill, but I don't. It was a magical year last year. The defense was out of their mind at the right time. Running game was stout. In the fourth quarter, defenses just didn't even want to tackle Derrick Henry. They just did. It was almost like he was the first person with COVID-19. They were just avoiding that dude like the plague. Because it is hard to tackle six foot three, two hundred and fifty-five pounds in the fourth quarter. That's what happens. You run the ball thirty-five times. I'm sure by rush twenty-two, you're just like, man, I hope this dude get tired. I just I don't want to tackle. Please go out of bounds. But is that how you're going to do it this year? Are you just going to run the same the same framework as last year out this year? Can can Tenny Hill protect the ball as well as he did last year? Or, since he's had a monochrome of success, is he going to get a little big, big for his britches and start demanding to throw the football 25, 35, 25, 30 times? Because if you're telling me that you're going to run the same exact situation as you did last year out of Tennessee, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not winning that division. Unless there's catastrophic injury somewhere. It's not going down for you. 
on in Houston. Now, first of all, Houston, um, they're you almost would want to give it to Tennessee because they're just doing such a piss poor job with their uh, their administration and their front office. I mean, D DeAndre Hopkins jettison out of town. Who is your all-pro quarterback supposed to throw to now? Kenny Stills. What? Will Fuller? Will Fuller can't stay on the football field. Hangnail. Two games. Um, Dreadlock. Got poked in the eye with his dreadlock. Out for the rest of the game. Super deep threat when on football field, but problem is is that um, football is usually sixteen or seventeen weeks, and Will Fuller plays ten, like he thinks he's still in college. So you give away your best wide receiver. By the way, like top five wide receiver in the NFL. You give him away to the Arizona Cardinals. What do you get back in return? I'm still waiting. Because I evidently there is some sort of Wink, wink, nod, nod. Like special secret trade that happened with Arizona and Houston. Because what you got back was trash. Not for that wide receiver. Not for that one. And we'll see what Arizona does with him, right? That's neither here nor there now, but... Houston should win this division because of the fact they have the best quarterback in the division. The defense is still good. Problem is, is that at some point, your coach, who is also acting as the GM, is going to have to get along with somebody and stop trading people away for a bag of magic beans and like a Coca-Cola. Sometimes subtraction does not equal addition. Doesn't mean by getting rid of guy, you're going to be better off. No, you are not going to be better off without DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry, Houston. But this will be the year that your team, your defense, will have to step up and do their job. You still should win that division. Don't get cute because your Achilles heel is Indianapolis. Take care of Old Man River. Do not go into Indianapolis and somehow get lost in the 
stars of Indianapolis somehow and lose to them. I don't know why that is. I don't know why certain teams just have problems with other certain teams. Is it like the helmet just causes them to freak out? Houston, put the ass whooping to Indianapolis, win the division. Tennessee, you should be right there. I just, I, I don't know about running it back with Tenny Hill as your quarterback. So if I had to give out actual records, I think that division can actually be won. Um, I think Tennessee can win that division, and I think Houston will. I think Tennessee, you'll be right there, nine to seven. Indianapolis, you'll you'll be right there. I think you're eight and eighteen, maybe nine and seven, somewhere in there. Maybe seven and nine if it you know all goes to hell with Old Man River. By the way, wait till that dude throws two, three interceptions in the first quarter, and you're down twenty-one to nothing, and you will feel the Chargers' pain. He can run you out of the gym early. That's the only reason I have them in third place because of the fact that I don't think he respects and I don't think he takes care of the football. At least I know with Tannehill, he's not going to throw 18 to 22 interceptions. I know that for a fact because they won't let him throw the football. Enough to do that. Deshaun Watson, you deserve better in Houston. You deserve a real GM. And I hope you get paid. Because you're going to carry that team on your back to a AFC South championship. Congratulations, Houston. You're going to get to the dance again. And then probably get whacked by uh, Baltimore or or Kansas City. Indy, you might make it in. Maybe. Maybe. If the stars align. Your horseshoe is lucky. Tennessee, bubble team two, 97, bubble, maybe in, maybe out, but Jacksonville, that quarterback situation is tough, if if Gardner Mishu is the guy, and we all missed on him, shame on us, if he turns out to be this generation's Kurt Warner. Shame on us. Because we all didn't see it coming. Alright. So we're looking at the NFC South. This division. Got really interesting. When Tom Brady showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think about it, Tom Brady doesn't show up to Tampa Bay, right? Cam is gone and 
Carolina, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, you know, so they're going through a whole rebuild in Carolina. Atlanta's Atlanta, right? And if Tampa Bay doesn't get Brady, who are you looking at at quarterback? I think it's funny that Jameis Winston is now the backup quarterback in New Orleans and Tom Brady's in Tampa. All right, so Carolina, what we're just rebuilding. Rule's a great coach. He's a great administrator. Um, I don't know what he'll do in the NFL, but we'll see. We'll see if the, the college coach can make the jump to the NFL. He drafted defense. We saw what he was looking at. He's going to rebuild the defense. He said he's going to punt on the offense this year and it's just going to be a situation where Carolina you're just you're just looking for development and growth this year did your picks did your first and second round picks turn out all okay are they are they doing what they're supposed to do in the scheme of your of your team of your the framework of your team you're not looking for anything spectacular out of anybody. If you go 4-12, and 5-11, that is because your coach is really, really good. So you, you have hope for the future and next year's draft. Atlanta. Atlanta made some moves this year. They decided to go in. They took Todd Gurley off the Los Angeles Rams' hands. They said, we're, we're bringing back the University of Georgia product to Atlanta and see him get freaky in the Georgia Dome. Matt Ryan, you, you got a lot of weapons, bro. If you're going to do something this year, this is, I mean... This is it. Make no mistake. This is it. No crying about my offensive line. You got the weapons. You got still two good running backs. If Gurley turns back into the Gurley of old, they're going to be hell to deal with. Atlanta will be super scary to deal with if Gurley Becomes 2017 girly. But this division is stacked, right? Because we got to go to Tampa. Tom Brady. And that group of receivers. Is going to be a problem. I do have one question about Tom. Some of the throws didn't make it in New England last year. They weren't as crisp 
do I dare say they were wobbly? Remember the last year of Peyton Manning, like the last year. And really, if you look at that Super Bowl run that they made when he won it, look at that year too. Okay? Armstrong at 43 doesn't usually get better. So this is a prove-it year. Brady will be out of the shadow of Belichick. He will have a offensive-friendly coach in Arians. They will implement things that he likes into the offense. He will have Gronk. Yeah, you got Gronk out of retirement. That dude is going to pound beers and score touchdowns if Brady can throw the football past six yards. But that will be the question. Will, because Brady will look great week one, week two. I'll check back in with him week 13, week 14 after a couple hits. Long season. You know, 43 years old. That's, hey man. Call it how I call it how I see it. I am suspect on Brady's arm. I saw it last year. So we'll see what he does. Because if Brady is the quarterback that he was two years ago and there was some kind of ailment or some kind of impingement on his shoulder that didn't allow him to throw the ball well last year, then I'm wrong. And that team is going to be dealing with New Orleans, and they are just going to duke it out for the NFC South. If I'm right, the aura of Brady will make them a contender, but they'll fall short. So it depends on what Brady you get. If you get two years ago, Brady, you are probably can playoffs are definite. And, you know, wherever they're going to hold the Super Bowl, I don't know if they're going to hold it in a huge hotel in the Bahamas because of COVID. We don't know. We'll see. New Orleans Saints. First and foremost, you signed your wide receiver. Good job. New Orleans, you're the best team in your division. Make no mistake about it. You have the coach who's been there forever. You have the quarterback who has now been there forever. You have good offensive line, good defense. Not great defense, good defense. Now it's put up or shut up time for you. You have all the ingredients to not just win your division, but you have all the ingredients to get yourself to a Super Bowl. Don't cry about the refs. Don't, oh, it's this person's fault. 
Bad calls, yes. Atrocities, let's minimize, let's minimize that. We know what atrocities are. We've been dealing with it over this this whole year, but lately, you know, you guys know what's up. But New Orleans, you're good. You're going to be good. You can't really. I mean, it's just injury for you. If you have key injuries, you won't get to where you need to go. But you should win this division. But the same thing goes for Breeze, right? He's older. He's 41. He's short. I said it. He's short. And he's 41. Not a good combo. Short in 28. Awesome. Run around. Make plays. All that stuff. But how much does he have in the tank? And here's the other thing. He actually. I think the. 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 the, the way he got hurt. Helped him. Because he was fresher later in the season. He still wore down. I think you saw it late in the season. But maybe it might be a situation with Jameis Winston there that you allow him to play a couple games in the middle of the season to keep that dude fresh. Because remember what your ultimate goal is. To win the Super Bowl. Beat Brady off with a stick. Hold down Atlanta. Smack the heck out of Carolina because they'll be trashed this year. And get yourself into good playoff position to host playoff game. God willing, if there are fans because we have finally got rid of COVID, if that's the case. If you have no fans... Your home field advantage gone. Then you'll complain about that, right? We didn't get to go to the game, and that's why we lost this year. And you know, we're super mad, and we're gonna sue people for COVID. No, stop. Get yourself together. I don't want to hear anything about the round playoff game anymore. How you got screwed? Twenty twenty. Short quarterback, getting older, get the Super Bowl win. <clears throat> All right, records in the NFC South, 12-4. and 13-3 maybe for New Orleans. Thinking more like 12-4, and four, I think they'll, they'll battle Tampa a little bit. couple losses within the division. But this is the year New Orleans. Tampa, welcome to the playoffs. Ten of six. The aura of Brady keeps you in games. The other thing, he doesn't make mistakes. So even if he can even if he can only throw the ball down the field five yards, you'll get to the playoffs. Ten and six. 
How about it? You can fire off the cannon in your little ship. Get into the playoffs. Then all bets are off, right? The magic of Brady. Does he get to another Super Bowl? Does he does he does he figure out a way to continue the magic? Or do we see the fall? Right? Do we see it happen? Atlanta, you're the wild card in this group. So here's my thing. I'm going to take a special moment to talk to my boy from Boston College, Matt Ryan. Matt, it's Vince. You have to step up this year and put your team in position to get back to the Super Bowl. It's on you now. You have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Todd Gurley. Great tight end. Your offensive line should be should have been fixed. Defense coming along. Matt, you have to get one of the wild card spots or win your division. I don't think you're going to win the division, but here's the deal. I said 10 and 6 for Tampa, right? Atlanta, you have the shot of going 11 and 5. I actually think you could go 11 and 5. Here's the problem. It's all on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, three years ago, y'all go 11 and 5. Matt Ryan last year, you might go 8 and 8, 7 and 9. That's the difference. That's the difference between Breeze and Ryan. That's it. It's all up to him. He can't sit there and go, okay, we didn't spend enough money in the offseason on our offense, and therefore we just didn't have the weapons to do what we need to do. No, you have no excuse anymore. Get it done. Go to the playoffs. Get back to the Super Bowl. Dominate. Be the Boston Eagle that you are. Do the dirty bird and get it going. No excuse for you anymore. There's a couple quarterbacks in the league like that that I want to hear excuses from. He is one of them. Because I honestly think that he's had a, a longer leash than, than most. I'm not saying he's not talented. I just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that he seems to need all the pieces together to make it work. A couple weeks ago, we talked about that quarterback, right? We talked about Dak Prescott. Matt Ryan is a different version of Dak Prescott. You, he has to have everything right to have it work. And now, unless I'm seeing something, not seeing something completely that they could just happen out of blue like a really 
tremendous injury or whatever, he has all the pieces. So I don't want to hear it. They could go eleven and five. My bet is that they go nine and seven. Just missing the playoffs. Just missing. And by the way, if they do go nine and seven, it's time for you to to go ahead and put on a boys to men um YouTube video and start singing. It's so hard. To say goodbye to yesterday, he to Matt Ryan. Because if he can't get him to the playoffs this year, it's only going to regress from here. It's only going to get worse. So trade, let him go, whatever you need to do. But he only goes 97, time to let him go. Carolina, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just don't. Just be happy there's football. Four and twelve. That means you, four and twelve, five and eleven means your your coach who you just got from Baylor knows what he's doing in the NFL, and you're you're building your team, and we'll see you in a couple years. We'll see what the quarterback situation looks like. We see who will come out in the draft. We'll see if you can get. Uh, Justin Fields or Trey Lance from North Dakota State or even um, in your neck of the woods. I mean, wouldn't this be the perfect thing? Trevor Lawrence ends up in Carolina. Clemson University and then goes to Carolina Panthers as the number one draft pick overall. That's what y'all should be rooting for. Tank, Panthers, get Trevor. Tank for Trevor. Go low down with Lawrence. Those should be your rallying cries. That should be your mantra for the year. Low down for Lawrence. Tank for Trevor. Trevor Lawrence, that's who you want. You gotta you gotta just suck this year. Just do that. All right. So, we're not going to do a lot of baseball. I'm just going to say two things. I was right about Fernando Tatis Jr. Ding, ding. I was right. That dude is a stud. He is 13th bomb yesterday. That dude is a man. And then the other thing is Mookie Betts. Killing it for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are sick. They're just... They're just Absolutely out of their mind. And here's the thing. It's not like they're going on like 12-game winning streaks. It's like three out of four. They're just killing people with paper cuts. By the way, that offense hasn't clicked yet, the Dodgers offense. Judge is hurt again. Yankee fan, how you feel about that? By the way. Tampa is in first place. The Tampa Bay Rays are in first place. And on the Yankees' heels are the Buffalo Blue Jays. Yankees. Yankee fan. All that money. Are you going to tell me that literally, I think, I think uh, Stan's contract 
and Cole's contract, just their yearly salary would pay for Tampa Bay's contract and probably a private jet to fly them around. So that is going to do it for the night. Um, we hit a really heavy topic. Um, I'm glad I had a little space to be able to do that. Um, not all of these will be that way, but today it just had to be. So Instagram is question point underscore pod underscore events. And the Twitter is... And the Twitter is question point underscore V. So Instagram question point underscore pod underscore V. Twitter question point underscore V. Get them. Get them now. Take them down. Hit me up. Trade rumors. Um basketball who you think is trash who you think is good uh we'll get into draft i think maybe a little bit next week we still got a couple months i want to get somebody on to talk about it so i'm efforting that situation we're still working on that it's just been a rough couple weeks just with all the the uh senseless violence and just you know we're just not feeling safe you know black america is not feeling safe so on that note i am going to bid you a fond ado and um, hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Talk to me about uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods. What you want me want want me to hit on? I'll definitely be more than happy to do it for you. And with that, we are out.